Hello everyone, and welcome to Genocide News Now, a weekly news update from the Anti-Genocide Coffee Break, a multinational podcast. I'm your host, Gretchen Moore, and you can find us at www.lemkininstitute.com, and we are also on Patreon, Spotify, and iTunes. All the news and action items mentioned in the podcast are available on our website. Now let's dive into the news. First, we shift our focus to Ethiopia, where there's been a disturbing trend of ethnic cleansings and conflicts spanning the country's regions. Back in April, the Ethiopian government and the Tigray Defense Forces had declared a truce to allow for humanitarian aid to be provided to individuals living in in Ethiopia's northeast region. This truce came at an important time, specifically preventing mass starvation in Ethiopia. This ceasefire was the needed push to begin peaceful resolutions to end the war that has ravaged the country and left as many as 500,000 dead. The Tigray people have been victims of a persistent campaign of genocide during this war, which has been carried out by regional officials and various security forces, including the Ethiopian Armed Forces. The Amhara people are also facing genocide in Ethiopia. In June, a massacre targeting Amhara people living in the Omoria region left over 200 Amaras dead. According to human rights groups, the massacre appears to have been committed by members of the Oromo terrorist group called the OLA. The Amhara people have been targeted by the central state under different regimes for decades. As the Lemkin Institute noted in a recent statement, while the people of Tigray are also suffering a probable genocide at the hands of Ethiopian and possibly allied Etrian forces, the international community must resist reporting on these crimes in a vacuum. Violence in Ethiopia's different regions is deeply intertwined and must be viewed historically. Our next news item comes from India. On March 21, 2022, the United States acknowledged the genocide being committed against the Rohingya Muslims by the Myanmar government. Many Rohingya Muslims refugees have fled to India, where they are being forcibly detained at the Indian border and returned to Myanmar. Several human rights Organizations have criticized India's border actions, pointing out that they violate the principles of non-refoulement and that any Rohingya Muslims sent back to Myanmar will face persecution, even death. At a time when Hindu nationalism is on the rise and discrimination against religious minorities, especially Muslims, is increasing, it is unfortunately unsurprising that India has adopted such a discriminatory refugee policy. We also have an update on the ongoing Russia-Ukraine crisis. Over the past few months, Russia has led an unprovoked attack on the country of Ukraine in an attempt to destroy the Ukrainian identity. The Lemkin Institute has called this conflict a genocide against Ukrainians and has outlined that its beliefs is strong evidence of genocide in Ukraine in two statements from March 20th and April 12th. On April 12th, President Joe Biden used the word genocide to describe what Russia is doing in Ukraine, stating that there is a mounting evidence that Russian President Vladimir Putin is just trying to wipe out even the idea of being Ukrainian. These accusations of genocide are not made lightly and are based on the statements of Russian leader Vladimir Putin, Russia's military policies in Ukraine, and the behavior of Russian soldiers. Ludmila Denisova, the Ukrainian ombudswoman for human rights, has reported that the Russian government is developing legislation that will expedite adoptions of Ukrainian children by Russians. 
This follows disturbing reports of Ukrainian children being forcibly deported to Russia, sometimes following their parents' murders by the Russian military. A significant number of these children are from the Donbass region, and Ukrainian officials have no information on them. These illegal deportations and adoptions violate the United Nations Convention on the Right of the Child and also violate the United Nations Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide. Ongoing reports of mass atrocity crimes continue to emerge from regions around Ukraine. Mass atrocity crimes committed by Russian soldiers include atrocities that are highly correlated with genocide, including sexual slavery and the discriminatory killing of so-called battle-aged men in the town of Motigen. The town mayor, her husband, and her son were tortured, executed, and buried in a shallow grave. This later atrocity is also highly correlated with genocide, as it suggests a targeting of Ukrainian community leaders. Russian officials have recently tried to spread propaganda online to gain sympathy while the world focuses on the conflict they started in Ukraine. The propaganda involved doctoring photos of supposedly anti-Russian stickers pasted inside the Auschwitz Memorial, which was posted on Twitter by several official Russian accounts. As a consequence of Russia's stepped-up campaign of terror, the United Nations General Assembly has since voted on April 7, 2022, to suspend Russia from the Human Rights Council, citing grave concerns regarding reports of gross and systematic violations and abuses of human rights and violations of international humanitarian law. This vote, 98 to 24 with 58 abstentions, was initiated by the United States Ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield. This this vote is a needed acknowledgement from the world in response to the atrocities committed by Russia during its continued invasion of Ukraine. The United States Congress has also successfully voted to revoke Russia's preferential trade status, making it possible to impose higher tariffs on the country. There have also been calls from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to remove Russia as a member of the United Nations Security Council, although that is unlikely to happen. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has placed other countries in the region on high alert. Last month, both Sweden and Finland announced intentions to join NATO. Turkey, which is committing ongoing genocide against the Kurdish minority in Turkey and against Kurds in Turkish-occupied Syria, sought to block Finland and Sweden's membership, arguing that they both have received refugees from Prime Minister Erdogan's autocratic crackdown on dissent. Turkey considers these descendants to be terrorists. They have agreed to cooperate with Turkey on anti-terrorist measures, including further military funding. The expansion of NATO is setting the stage for greater insecurity in the Middle East, the South Caucasus, and Central Asia, where Turkey has designs to expand at the expense of the Kurds, Armenians, Yazidis, Iraqi Christians, and other religious and national groups in the region. Moving on to our last piece of news, we look to Bosnia and Herzegovina, where the struggle against genocide denial is losing ground to Serb nationalist extremists. In April, the United Kingdom imposed sanctions on Bosnian Serb separatist leader Milorad Dodrik, who has been calling for a secession for, from the political arrangement that was forged in the wake of the Yugoslav civil war and the Bosnian genocide in 1995. Dodik, a known genocide denier, is the Serb member of Bosnia's inter-ethnic tripartite presidency, 
which makes decisions on the Balkan countries' foreign policy. Referring to Dodik and Zenska Kichinovic, president of the entity of Republika Srpska, British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss stated, These two politicians are deliberately undermining the hard-won peace in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Encouraged by President Putin, their reckless behavior threatens stability and security across the Western Balkans. There are growing concerns that the Balkans will be drawn into the Ukraine war, with emboldened Serb nationalists threatening to destroy the fragile peace. Pro-Russia rallies were held in Banja this spring in support of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Bosnian Serb nationalists were the primary demonstrators at these rallies. The organizers of these rallies were members of the Bosnian Serb group Nightwolves, a Russian-based motorcycle club founded in, Mo- in the Moscow area in 1989. Nevertheless, there have been a greater number of much larger pro-Ukrainian rallies across Bosnia, like the March 13th peace rally held in Tulsa in support of Ukraine that called for an end to the war, which is, was which was attended by at least 5,000 Bosnians. That is all we have for this episode of Genocide News Now, but be sure to turn into future episodes and stay up to date on global news. Be sure to visit our website at www.lumpkininstitute.com for more on our work in the field of genocide prevention. And if you would like to take action and make an individual difference, feel free to take a look at our list of resources on our Take Action page on our website. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.